chapter twenty three of from tangier to tripoli by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b kairouan the holy kairouan is the mecca of north africa and one of the holiest cities of the mohammedan world it was founded by the famous general sidi akba in six hundred sixty nine a d and until eighteen eighty one when the french took it no christian had ever gone into it and come out alive a half century since it would not have been safe for any foreigner to enter it in eighteen thirty when sir grenville temple came here by permission of the bay of tunis he had an escort of soldiers but was allowed to go out only after sunset in the disguise of an arab it was not until after its conquest by the french that kairouan was open to christians and even today they are looked on with hatred the town is in charge of french soldiers and has a french controller to direct the sheiks how to govern by means of a card from him i am able to make my way about and visit the mosques the fact that christian dogs and infidels may enter the mosques of this the holy city of north africa is said to be due to a curious bit of tunisian history it was taken by the french without the firing of a single shot because a famous holy man had prophesied years before that the city would be taken by the french and the people believed that its conquest was preordained when they entered the city the french needing a clean place for a hospital took for the purpose the chief mosque of kairouan the grand mosque of sidi akba once that had been profaned by the presence of infidels it did not matter if they continued to come to see it and if they entered the grand mosque they certainly could go into the others the city is so sacred in the minds of the mohammedans that they make pilgrimages to it just as they do to mecca and medina there are now pilgrims scattered through the various mosques and one may see them praying in the desert not far away many of them come for hundreds of miles to worship at the shrines here they sleep in the mosques and during certain seasons they overflow the city and their tents are to be seen covering the country outside the walls the kairouan of today has twenty-two mosques and many tombs of muslim saints in the middle ages it had three hundred mosques nine hundred baths and six hundred hotels where caravans could stop and it was celebrated all over the world as a seat of religion and learning its population then numbered a million now it has only twenty-five thousand inhabitants and some of the greatest mosques are outside the present limits of the city kairouan is situated on a hill and surrounded by walls as high as a two-story house entering through the gates one finds a town of mohammedan architecture with typical flat-roofed buildings of one or two stories standing along streets so narrow that few of them are accessible except on foot on horseback or on donkeys the business is done in covered bazaars and the people are dressed in turbans and gowns and the strange costumes worn by the arabs the women are closely veiled when they are on the street it being no uncommon thing to see one draped in black from head to foot her face so covered that not even an eye can be seen i have gone through the principal mosques one of the most interesting is that of the barber of the prophet mohammed this saintly man is buried here and with him three hairs of the prophet's beard which make the mosque especially holy these hairs were secured by the barber one day 
when he had shaved mohammed and he carried them about with him for the rest of his life one he kept under his tongue another over his heart and the third pasted on his right arm the moslems revere anything that comes from their prophet particularly the hairs of this beard i remember when i visited the mosque of jama majid in delhi india that the greatest curiosity shown me was a hair from mohammed's mustache it was kept in a crystal box inside a safe and i was able to see it only by bribing the officials the hair was half an inch long and bright red in color the mosque of the barber of kairouan is outside of the city it is entered through a vestibule lined with tiles and lace-like carvings the minaret is faced with tiles and the court is surrounded by arcades of white marble columns the barber's tomb is covered with black velvet while hanging about it there are ostrich eggs bags of earth from mecca and other offerings given by the pilgrims the grand mosque of sidi akba is situated just inside the walls it is one of the largest mosques of north america and is imposing and beautiful the building is of rectangular shape with a great minaret at one side it has arcades upheld by massive marble pillars running around a court of more than an acre with an immense hall at one end the latter has a ceiling of many arches supported by a forest of columns of marble and porphyry the walls are decorated with mosaics of marble and lapis lazuli and with moorish plaster work so carved that it looks like lace the pulpit which is of wood from baghdad has its panels chiseled with texts from the koran many of the columns of this building were brought here from the ruins of carthage which city was taken by sidi akba just before he built kairouan this is a good place to learn something of the mohammedans and their religion in north america and europe where one sees mostly christians it is hard to believe that there are millions upon millions who look upon us as heretics and think we are on the straight road to hades every man i see here considers me already damned and for the last three months i have been traveling among people who in their souls call me a christian dog and feel that they would have a sure passport to heaven if they could put me out of the way i have before me the figures representing the religious divisions of the world and i observe that more than one-seventh of all the people on earth are mohammedans here is the account in round numbers total world population one billion seven hundred million mohammedans two hundred twenty one million christians five hundred sixty three million confucians and taoists three hundred million brahmins two hundred ten million buddhists one hundred thirty eight million jews twelve million other religions two hundred forty seven million this means that if all the people on this big round globe could be brought together in one place one person in every three would be a christian either protestant catholic or greek catholic one in every five would be a confucian or taoist a chinaman with yellow face and almond eyes out of every eight one would be a dark-skinned brahmin from india and one in every seven would be a mohammedan the rest would be made up of pagans jews or the numberless small sects the mohammedans are scattered all over north africa they form the bulk of the population of morocco algeria tunisia tripoli and egypt and there are millions of them in the sudan there are more than sixty million mohammedans in india arabia is populated by them 
they form the predominating influence in persia asia minor and turkey there are more millions in china and the islands of the western pacific ocean we have a degraded mohammedan sect in the sulu islands and mindanao in the philippines and there are many in borneo java and in other parts of the dutch east indies jerusalem was held by these people for many centuries and they now outnumber the christians in the holy land mohammedanism as a religion is increasing rather than decreasing whole tribes are being converted at one time in this african continent there is no doubt that the mohammedans believe in their religion they teach charity and brotherly love they preach against avarice and the lending of money at interest and the orthodox moslems do not drink intoxicating drinks their faith is quite as strong as ours and they practice it more religiously i see men at their prayers here every day they pray in their shops or out in their fields and in going through the bazaars one often observes the merchants studying the koran nearly every turbaned and gowned man i meet carries a rosary on which he counts his prayers as he goes over his beads five times every day i hear the shrill cry of the musin or mohammedan priest as he stands on the minaret of a mosque high over the city and calls the people to come to pray the hours of prayer begin at daybreak the second call is at midday and the third at about three o'clock there is a fourth call at sunset and a fifth in the evening the words of the call which is in arabic are somewhat like these allah is great i testify that there is no god but allah and mohammed is the prophet of allah come to prayer come to worship allah is great there is no god but allah another call is prayer is better than sleep come to prayer come to prayer as these calls ring out one sees the mohammedan men on their way to the mosque some of them carry prayer rugs under their arms while others go without them relying on the matting or carpets which are usually on the mosque floors to protect their clothing they take off their shoes before they enter the mosques and generally prostrate themselves as they pray in every mosque there is a fountain or washing place for the koran requires that one wash himself before he goes in to pray he cleanses his feet hands face and other parts of his body and he goes through the motions of doing so whether he has water or not it is often impossible to get water in the sahara and at such times the faithful use sand as they pray the moslems always face toward mecca they have their fixed motions for praying they begin by raising their hands to the lobes of their ears they next hold them a little below the girdle and then bow their heads over after this they get down on their knees and touch their heads to the floor and then sit up and pray muttering the words laid down in the koran they have numerous prayers but one of the shortest and most common used as we use the lord's prayer is as follows in the name of god merciful and gracious praise be to god the lord of creatures the merciful and gracious the prince of the day of judgment we serve thee and we pray thee for help lead us in the right way of those to whom thou hast shown mercy and who go not astray amen the mohammedans believe in one god and in an infinite number of prophets they have altogether more than two hundred thousand prophets but the greatest of them all are adam noah abraham jesus and mohammed it rather surprised me to know that they believe in jesus but i am told that they consider him one of the best of their prophets 
although the greatest of all is mohammed who is also the last they believe in a future state and that christ will unite with mohammed on the day of judgment in sending mankind to heaven or hell on the judgment day there will be a wire rope as fine as a hair running across from solomon's temple in jerusalem to the mount of olives upon that hair all mankind will have to walk the good will be upheld by angels and will go on to paradise while the wicked will drop into hell the faithful believe also in angels they have their gabriel who writes down the decrees of god their michael who fights the battles of the faith and their israfil who will sound the trumpet on resurrection day there are a multitude of secondary angels whose business it is to watch over mankind every man has one of these angels on his right hand and another on his left who keep a record of his every word and action at the close of each day they fly up to heaven to file this report in the great ledgers there kept for the time when man comes to judgment at the end of every prayer the mohammedan always turns his face to the right and then to the left greeting his recording angels who are supposed to be watching him and by his motions suggests to them that they do not forget to put the prayer to his credit these people have also their lucifer and great hordes of bad angels who are always trying to pry into the secrets of heaven to prevent their learning them whenever they try to enter heaven the good angels pelt them with falling stars predestination is a tenet of the mohammedans they think that every event which will take place was written down by god at the beginning of the world and that no man can change his destiny for this reason they are strong in war the soldier believing that he cannot be killed until his time comes and that it is already determined whether he is to die in his bed or on the field of battle besides he is convinced that if he dies fighting for the faith he will go straight to heaven the koran is full of descriptions of heaven and hell according to its authority mohammed went to heaven during his lifetime and when he came back he gave the full story of his adventures there and told how things looked he was called up by gabriel who brought him a white steed with a human face and a body resplendent with gems and precious stones it had wings and when mohammed mounted it it soared with him through the skies with the rapidity of lightning by and by the gate of the first heaven was reached this was of pure silver and the heaven had a sky in which the stars were suspended by chains of gold it contained a mighty rooster so tall that his comb reached the second heaven this bird crows every morning and all mankind is awakened by him the cocks below beginning to crow when he opens his mouth mohammed met our first father adam in the first heaven noah in the second and moses and aaron in the fifth noah hailed him as the greatest of the prophets while moses shed tears at the sight of him in the seventh heaven mohammed was received by abraham and met the deity himself at this time many of the doctrines of the koran were given to him among others the command that fifty prayers should be made daily by all true believers as mohammed dropped down from the seventh heaven he met moses who asked him what the lord had required the prophet replied that god wanted mankind to make fifty prayers every day moses told mohammed that this was impossible as he knew from his own experience with the children of israel and that he had better return and ask the lord to reduce the number the number was cut down to forty moses sent him back again and again until at last it was made only five 
moses thought this was too many but mohammed replied that he had already asked the lord's indulgence until he was ashamed and so the prayers made by mohammedans remain five to this day in the moslem's heaven the ground is of the finest wheat flour strewn with pearls and hyacinths instead of sand and pebbles the air is fragrant with perfume and cooled by sparkling fountains some of the streams are pure water running between green banks enameled with flowers while others are of milk and honey flowing over beds of musk among the trees is one the boughs of which are laden with every variety of fruit and the shade of which spreads so far that a horse might run for a hundred years and not cross it the inhabitants of heaven are clothed in raiment sparkling with jewels they have sumptuous palaces and voluptuous couches every believer will have hundreds of servants who will bring him the most delicious food and drink in dishes and goblets of gold and he will eat as long as he wishes without being full and drink without growing drunk for society he will have the learned of mankind to talk with him and the great of all time to amuse him he will have the wives he had upon earth in their full beauty when they were brides and will also be allotted seventy-two black-eyed houris by whom he may have children or not as he wishes as the mohammedans are fond of children this is an important part of their heavenly dreams another of their curious ideas concerns the age of men when they reach heaven as they rise from their graves they will regain the prime of their manhood every one will be thirty and will have the stature of adam who according to their belief was over fifty feet high and perfect in form the mohammedan's hell is as horrible as his heaven is beautiful it is composed of seven stages one below the other varying in the intensity of their torments the first is devoted to atheists the second to the idolaters of the time of mohammed and the third to the brahmins the jews have their quarters in the fourth hell we christians are confined to the fifth while in the seventh and lowest of all are those hypocrites who profess religion but practice it not the moslem sabbath is on friday at which time every good believer attends mosque on that day the bazaars are nearly all closed there is a sermon by the imam or priest and the people go out during the day to the cemetery and pray at the graves the mohammedans have their lent which is known as ramadan it lasts for a month during which time a strict fast is observed the faithful then eat nothing at all from daylight until it is so dark that they cannot distinguish a white thread from a black one they will not drink or smoke and the most saintly of them will not even swallow their saliva i had a dragoman at constantine who was keeping ramadan some of our days were full of hard work and he spoke again and again of how tired and hungry he was and how glad he would be when the night came at the end of ramadan is bairam or the time of rejoicing this is a great festive occasion corresponding somewhat to our christmas or new year parents give presents to their children and friends make calls upon one another everyone comes out in new clothes and the whole mohammedan world gives itself up to holiday feasting End of chapter 23